0: I'm a square.
1: Man, if you're the square, what am I? What am I? You're a cube. (laughs) Yeah, a a rhombus. I got more edges than a cube. (laughs) A rhombus. (laughs)
0: Welcome to the Innovation Overground where we dig into some of those amazing academic discoveries and innovations that we often hear about but never seem to touch our lives in any real meaningful way. We want to look at uh, how that happens and see if we can help push those innovations to deeper development and to actual things that live on a shelf somewhere. Thank you for joining us. We're sponsored by UNIMED, the Technology Transfer Commercialization Office at the University of Nebraska. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Tyler Scher and Joe Rungi. Joe is a entrepreneurial werewolf and Dr. Law Dog, patent lawyer in our office. Hi, Joe. Hi, hey, Charlie. Very very chipper. And uh, Tyler Scher is a PhD licensing associate in our office. Hey Tyler, what's up?
2: Hey, hey, not a lot. How you doing, Charlie? <laughs>
1: Pretty good. Joe, do you have a message for our listeners? I do. Please take a moment to review the podcast. Please leave a rating. Please tell your friends about us. We are looking to become the front porch for academic innovation worldwide, galactic-wide, solar system-wide, multiple dimensions, alternate timelines, imagined events. We do want to hit
0: that uh, multiverse demographic. That's a big demo for us. It
1: is. We could literally multiply our, our, our audience <laughs> infinitely many times yeah. over. Um, yes, we, Joe out there. I hope it went better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do want to talk about academic innovations everywhere, not just at the University of Nebraska. Um, but first, I need to go over something that's just driving me absolutely nuts. Um, I see on the Twitterverse People keep talking about blockchain like I'm supposed to know what it is, and it's driving me nuts. What in God's name is blockchain, and why
1: am I supposed to care? Wait, before we go there, we talk about sci-fi tropes. Has anyone seen blockchain as a sci-fi trope yet? I haven't. I haven't either. We need to create a show. (laughs) Okay,
0: I'm going to have to understand what the hell it is before I can go down. Good point. So... Before it's we d-
1: block out season one. Yeah. <laughs> this is
0: actually, by the way, see, you say that. This is the last episode of our first season. No way. We made it through. No way. Yeah, episode 45, if my notes are right. Yeah. Wait, is that why I have so much whiskey? <laughs> Inside my body? Yes. That's why my liver is three times too big. Um,
2: From a whole season's worth of putting up with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is blockchain, anyways? A distributed ledger. Nice. Bam. Done. You got episode. that? Did you write that down? A what? Distributed ledger. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to clarify? I don't know what that is. So right. Do I need to elaborate? If I were
1: Tyler, this would be the part where I'd say, doesn't it bother you that your entire financial record is kept track of by people that are a bank, right? Like you have to go to them to figure out how much money you have. Wouldn't it be better? Like if I just keep my mattress full of money, I just have to count the mattress. You
0: don't on. want me to rip out the uh the, the tinfoil hat and the, my problems with modern banking. Okay, this you is don't ex- want me to go. No, there.
1: This is, I don't. This solution is for you. But here's <laughs> here's what a distributed ledger is. Right? Imagine if the money told you how much money you have,
2: and if the money couldn't be changed, it's it's one hundred percent accurate. Okay. No, no one else can change the money without everyone agreeing that that's what it is. So for. if I had a $20 yeah. bill. That
0: sounds a little bit like Schrodinger's cat
1: to me. <laughs> this is some Schrodinger cat level <laughs> stuff. So <laughs> the way like. what's money going to talk to The me? way cryptocurrency works is if I had a $20 oh, bill and I gave it to you, then that transaction would be recorded on the $20 bill. And so you could sort of fold out the back of it and it would list everyone who'd ever had that $20 bill and the nature of the transaction. That could be scary. That makes sense. That could actually be scary.
0: <laughs> Although, yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> I might have it's a made twenty, some... not a hundred.
2: <laughs> all of them have been laundered somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's there's key characteristics here that we're that Joe is is kind of um, is touching on. So blockchain, it's peer to peer. So there isn't some sort of um, all knowing right. a- entity that controls it, that regulates it. It's no it, central bank. Yeah, no No, no, no central authority. Yep. It's all agreed upon, peer to peer. Okay. Um, it's distributed, okay. so everyone everyone can see um, can see everything, It's see all the information, all, all shared, all distributed. So that makes it a lot harder for someone to make a one a zero or tamper with it in some way, shape, or form. Everyone can has access. So when
0: I went to the grocery store and and bought three boxes of, of instant Jello packets, ramen noodles, Tux medicated pads, and diapers. That's that would be on the bills, and everybody would know my purchases.
2: Well, so that that's if if this particular blockchain network is 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 Charlie's shopping list <laughs> or everyone's grocery expenses. Oh, it would just be just you know, family be fair, family fair, or whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, and okay. it's only shared within within a network and agreed upon networks. So everyone agrees to be able to see each other's information, whatever particular information they're agreeing to see.
0: So people would just know that I eat a lot of meals at Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we already know that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Man, that pizza. Um, it's a uh, cryptographically are we going secured. pizza on that? <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't know they had anything else. <laughs> you know, there
1: are other places.
0: They have something that looks a lot like pizza. There are other
1: places oh, you I go you. for animatronic entertainment. I'd love to hear about it. Okay. Another show. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, it's ad only. So there's no subtracting. Once uh, information is recorded in the blockchain, a new block of information, a uh, it, it can't be removed, and uh, it's in, so it's, it's immutable, indelible, it's, it's, uh, it's 100% accurate. Wow. And then, last but not least, there's consensus. So, again, no central authority. Everyone can see what's going on, and, and before that new piece of information gets added, everyone agrees, everyone within the network agrees that this is correct.
0: Okay, so how does that work then? How do you, how does that even start? I mean, this, this, this is, wow, money just confuses me. A currency freaks me out. It's just a piece of paper. It's basically mean, it's worthless. Well, it, it's it is totally meaningless. You know, we and, all agree and, that
2: it has meaning. <laughs> and it so keeps society I tried to explain to my
0: kids. My, my eight-year-old has asked me, well, how come you can just put your plastic piece of card in the thing, and yeah. you can take groceries home. How yeah. even
2: work?
1: It's magic.
0: Exactly. And that, I think that was what I came down on. I'm That's sorry, a
1: chat. sound financial education. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a magic <laughs> it's spell. magic. That we all agree on. It's a magic spell. Don't look it in the eye. So it seems I'll like,
0: curse you. So blockchain is now basically imprinting imaginary money with, with data.
1: So you actually would like blockchain, though, because- You know, um, dollars are fundamental. Dollars used to be backed by, what, gold, silver? I can't remember. Yeah, Yeah. there's a gold standard. Shells they found on the beach, whatever, right? There's a thing in reality that that sort of- Beads. Whatever that culture valued. Yeah. Bead-based economy
0: for a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, you know, but now it's not, right? It's like, oh, financial crisis, we'll just, you know, we'll just run the presses a little bit longer. I think it's milk formula baby formula now sure (laughs) (laughs) it's been a while um so that i may not be an economist (laughs) but cryptocurrency like uh, bitcoin right you have to mine it and there's an algorithm that sort of establishes when new currency is developed and so you can essentially buy a bank of computers and chug that currency or chug that algorithm and generate more currency, right? That's, and people make a living doing that. Do people still make a living doing that?
2: Uh, They were, at least in the past. All right, we were
1: woefully out of date, but theoretically- Mining banks. But like that's scarcity, right? Like a mathematical formula dictates when new Bitcoins are generated. Mm -hmm. And so you just math away and you can create more currency. And so that's what blockchain is for, it's for Bitcoin. Not not exclusively. There's other applications as so, well. So taking that apart, Bitcoin is sort of one system that uses a blockchain mechanism to validate transactions. Okay. Bitcoin right. is sort of two things. It's blockchain to sort of validate transactions, and it's whatever it is you do to mine bitcoins. Yeah. Okay. So you add those two things together. They're scarce, and sort of generated at a rate that will maintain scarcity, and they're able to track their own transactions.
0: So how will we be able to use blockchain then to make, maybe not necessarily banking, but transactions better?
1: Do you have a technology for that? Yeah, I guess I'm doing FinTech. All right, so yeah, so there's all these different, so one of the things that's most interesting about cryptocurrency is that it's not backed by a national bank. You know, currencies Mm -hmm. live and die by nations. And so dollars are American, you know, pounds are British, euros are European. And in the end, the control of those currencies are tied to those governments. Mm -hmm. You know, Bitcoin, it was, I don't even remember the person who generated it, but it was, I don't remember either. It was generated by some fantastic pirate person who bought, actually, it's an anonymous person. Lars right? Thorsberg, I believe it was. Right, but like, that's the thing. No one actually knows who created it. There's some like, Sorry, it's totally people that so it's, it's sort of like next to a prank, right? But yeah. like, it is not nationally controlled and it doesn't need to be by its nature, right? And so that's what's so compelling about cryptocurrency because it basically allows for government free transactions. And like that appeals to, you know, some people that are on the internet. But it also creates all kinds of different opportunities. So one issue that blockchain has though is because you have this network that's peer to peer validated, transactions actually take longer. They can't so yeah. if, if you go swipe your credit card you, know, you could walk out with the groceries, but if you were to do it with blockchain, then it'd have to be validated, and that can take, you know, an hour or whatever to be able to do, which if you think about it, isn't that long, but it's a long time when you want to buy groceries, right? I mean, yeah. yeah, The milk's going bad. <laughs> yeah, Ice cream is melting, yeah. pal. <laughs> Leave the ice cream in the freezer till it clears. But... <clears <throat> One that's actually not true because financial transactions take even longer than a few hours. Like if you yeah. ever like watch your credit card transactions. Oh yeah, they
0: go into that weird holding pattern, right? Yeah, or something. And I've
1: yeah. got one that's been in there for like two weeks. Right? It's like I don't know. I bought a granola bar at a gas station in St. Louis or something, and it's still pending. Whatever. <clears throat> so, the the point is, is like financial transaction systems actually cheat. They will just sort yeah. of you know essentially create a a debit. And sort of, you know, honor that you're going to have enough money to to hold it and just leave it there. Or the credit card systems will just put a record on, then validate it later. And that's sort of one way to cheat. Um, There is a group uh, out of Purdue that have another solution. They call it T-Chain. And uh, T-Chain is essentially a secure, asynchronous blockchain payment network. And this gets a little bit beyond sort of my understanding of a a lot of the, the specifics of how these work, but they call them trusted execution environments. And kind of listening to Tyler's explanation, what they do is they sort of shrink down some of these transactional networks to make them smaller, and they make them hardware-based. So the idea is that you essentially have very specific trusted locations, right? So you could put a trusted cryptocurrency system and shrink that network. So instead of just having some other random blockchain wallet, that you're getting your groceries from you're getting a distributed system that is a commercial system and they already know those relationships and they already trust each other and so you could dramatically speed up because you don't need consensus across the whole network you get census of a subnetwork that's already trusted and then they can make your crypt your your ledger entry go quicker so how does that
0: in a, in a practical sense what does that then look like
1: so what that means is one of the big problems why mm-hmm. you don't have bitcoins in your debit card is because it takes so long for those to, there's no cheating, right? Mm -hmm. You have to wait for the ledger to update. So you'd swipe it, it would go to this whole network and it would get everyone's consent that they're adding another block onto the chain. Right. What this would do is it would create a subsystem for any type of cryptocurrency. I get that part of it, but I mean,
0: what is it? I mean, who uses the subsystem? Is it a so a merchant store chain? would use a
1: subsystem, for example, or you mm-hmm. and I could use a subsystem. So if if I work for you, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm printing your T-shirts for mosquitoes. Okay. Yes. That's our obligatory callback gag. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Ding. So if I'm doing that for you, when I deliver them, instead of waiting an hour for your payment to clear, if I deliver you know, a shipment of mosquito t-shirts every three days or weeks. I don't know what what the market's like. But (laughs) rather than have to sort of have that transaction just be a new transaction every time, we would establish a trusted network where we've already validated this to a certain extent. And so you and I form essentially a TEE, and that T-chain would then be a sort of truncated validation network to be able to do it.
0: Oh, so would that be something like maybe a, like a local bank or something would team up with some local businesses and they create their own little blockchainy kind of network? Is that what we're talking about?
1: Yeah, it's basically a specialized, secure, secure subnetwork. Would a bank it.
0: have to be involved in that? No, no.
1: no. So where does the okay? Banks don't have to be involved in any of this because remember the blockchain is the thing you trust. You don't need a bank.
0: Well, so where does the where do you
1: keep the money then? So you keep it in an electronic wallet. It's a file that you sort of put all of these. That's actually the only way. Interesting. So, okay. what was mm-hmm. the big one? The vault that got so this robbed. this
2: eliminates banks. There was a blockchain, a cryptocurrency vault that got
1: robbed. Oh, it was a big deal. It was like two or three years ago. So, it was like at the height of cryptocurrency value, and like someone lost like millions and millions of dollars because someone literally hacked into it. I I, re- I recalled
2: there was a there was a, a cryptocurrency inventor and entrepreneur who died and didn't give it like his. His his passwords to anybody's so right. All that currency like, was lost too. Right,
1: that's like another like it leads to a whole different set of of problems. Like it's like cash, right? Cash is cr- like we we launder cash because whoever has the cash has the cash, right? And the right. cash doesn't talk, right? It's not like oh, I was <laughs> I was in a different briefcase twenty <laughs> minutes ago. I don't know what happened. And so like as long as you have that cash or the, or the bearer bonds, guys, remember Die Hard? Yes. Isn't that movie awesome? Yeah, yeah. So anyways, right? Like they they had. You know, cryptocurrency has a whole different set of situations, which is, it's totally self-validating. But like, if you have the password to own the wallet with them, or if you could fake the identity of whatever they're supposed to be set to, they're yours. Yeah. Okay. So nothing's perfect. But the advantage of it is, is that, you know, it's sort of self-regulating and doesn't require Chase Banks to mediate your transactions. Although they're getting into cryptocurrency too. Yes, yeah,
0: that's all that's gonna happen. I um, think so. Is that is that it then for blockchain?
2: Is that have we... I have a non fintech technology or startup really quickly if, oh. if there's a minute. Yeah, we got a couple minutes. Go ahead. Hey, awesome. Okay, so there's out al- there's uh, um, also a bunch of healthcare and medical applications for blockchain. So we had an inventor um, a while back who was working on a blockchain solution for for the opiate addiction epidemic. Um, so they'd be.
0: Wait a second. <coughs> I, how does blockchain factor factor into healthcare?
2: Yeah, so they'd be using blockchain again as this um, immutable, all-knowing record keeper to uh, store all the all the pharmaceutical prescription meds, including opiates, permanently, um, and be able to be shared and distributed amongst every pharmacy and hospital system. So, so so people with drug-seeking behavior couldn't go to a new hospital or a new doctor and get more prescription when. Um, it's just permanently recorded that they have recorded on,
0: on what on the patient file or
2: it'd be in the cloud somewhere. Yeah, sure. And, uh, yes, it would have to be associated with their electronic health records or electronic medical okay. record as well. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's another application of the EHR, just all the patient data.
0: So um, who's working on the, this, this healthcare issue, the, the healthcare application for blockchain you're talking about.
2: So I don't have one specifically for that. That is a good application. Um, okay. and it's, it's being tried and still being tested and there isn't a great solution out yet. Um, okay. And to, to curb uh, opiate abuse. Um, but I do have another interesting startup by one of the co-discoverers of CRISPR, George Church, and his some of his postdocs. This involves... This is another callback. Um, this involves a way to secure your own genetic data and not let Google own it. Okay.
0: We'll go back to the bioinformatics thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So they have a startup called uh, Nebula Genomics, which allows you to basically... Um, have your genome sequenced uh, and then totally control how that information is shared so that gets it gets stored in a blockchain and it's it's secure Um, and you can opt in uh, whether or not you uh, you want some of your patient information uh, associated with that so for example uh, let's say you have diabetes um, and there's some researchers or a company interested in in uh, developing a new diabetes drug or therapeutic or gene therapy they want to see a bunch of uh, um, DNA sequences of diabetics versus non-diabetics, and see if they can they can harness in on this key gene. For example, <clears throat> um, if you were to go through Nebula Genomics and be sequenced and be in their blockchain, you you would have already pre-selected that you're interested in being basically um, contacted about opportunities to sell your genetic data. So you actually get compensated for that company or that researcher having access to your. Your genome, and they get access to it anonymously, so they don't—they don't know it's you. They just know okay. it's somebody who has diabetes.
0: It sounds to me like the—you know—what Joe was talking about earlier. It sounds like blockchain seems to be a little bit more about—I don't know. it Seems like security is a bigger security part of it. is huge. But also, but then with this, you're just
1: talking about a way to manage data here for the healthcare side of it. Yeah, well, but security is a big issue on that because you have to know the data is correct. Yeah. Okay. If you have this immutable, like. The dilemma is someone comes in and seems so to. So what?
0: Read. I guess I'm sorry to interrupt, Joe. But what, so what problem is blockchain on healthcare side? What problem is it solving?
2: Oh, uh, so so again, yeah, it's just having having this permanent record that everyone knows is 100 percent accurate, um, that can be accessible peer to peer in a network. So, okay, because
0: because w- one of the big issues with healthcare is this this sort of disparate
2: different records. Yeah, different hospitals use different medical right. records software. They don't software. talk to each other. They don't communicate with right. each other. Okay. Yeah, that'd be huge. So this yep. would solve that. Yeah, also self-determination cool. in in terms of the patient being able to have some sort of uh take a little more ownership over their their personal health
1: records as well. I'm sorry, interrupt Joe, did you He said it better than I did. Okay. okay. It was a huge blessing you stopped me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think on that note, it's time to come to ground unless there's anything more That you need to cover? Nope,
2: nothing more. Okay. I've I've said my piece. All right. For
0: Tyler Sharon, Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton on Innovation Overground.